The Fontenelle Final Bell Podcast is presented by Fontenelle Hybrids. The solutions you need, the relationships you trust. Afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It is time to take a look at the report, all the things that have been happening today, and we've brought in Jeff Peterson to join us with Heartland Farm Partners. Uh, you guys are based out of Lincoln, Jeff, as you had the opportunity, and I, I made this comment before we started the Final Bell. I really had some optimism out there because we saw the grains trade higher for the most part all day. The beans, they couldn't hold on, and they ended up finishing to the lower side. I know that was disappointing when we did see them higher earlier in the day. I thought, hey, we are going to have a good close here. And, and when corn was working its way higher also, and we also had some strength coming out of livestock. And on addition to that, we had uh, strength coming out of the wheat side. I thought, you know, this is going to be a good close. And overall, it wasn't bad compared to what we've seen in other trade. But it would have been nice to see beans close higher also. Well, you did call it kind of a wild trade day. Let's kind of dive into this report. What does this all mean as you look at the numbers from a national perspective? Yeah, starting first there on the planted acreage, it's always nice to get this report behind us because we've had, it's been a wild season. We've had areas that were too dry early and then they turned out too wet so these numbers we know even though we have them now they will change going forward we'll see updates as the fsa data comes available but at least for now it gives us a way to start with a baseline of set of numbers if we look overall numbers were 756,000 acres really higher on the corn side than what the average trade guess came in at 89.1 million acres a couple other interesting notes here though susan that's actually about 1.1 million acres higher than what the prospective planning report was. And over compared to last year, we'd be down just a little bit over a million acres on the corn side. Moving on over to soybeans, that was where there was a surprise. Everybody was looking for bean acres to, to be even higher. Um, unfortunately, they came in um, you know, down about 232,000 acres at 89.557 million acres compared to the average trade guess of 89.789. That's about 575,000 acres higher than our March 30th prospective planning numbers, but we're down about 585,000 acres from where we were last year. But an interesting note here, Susan, is that this is the first time going all the way back to 1983, if these numbers hold, where bean acres higher than corn acres is where our planted acreage sets. You know, that doesn't come as a surprise, though, Jeff, because for so long we've been hearing people talk about the possibility of having higher bean acres than corn acres this growing season, even before the crop was in the ground. So here the proof, proof shall we say, is kind of in the pudding. It really is. You know, there's a few interesting things as we dive down into the state-level numbers. If we take a look at Nebraska, Nebraska actually came in 400,000 acres higher than what the March planning intentions report at 9.7 million acres. That's up 155,000 acres from where we would have been last year. So that was that was a surprise because as we look at the other side of it on the soybean side, they came in at 5.5 million acres. That would have been down 100,000 acres compared to the March intentions, and that'll actually put Nebraska down a couple hundred thousand acres from where we were last year. And there was a lot of talk going in because of the problems we had with weather last year, a lot of down corn, a lot of concern on volunteer corn. I think everybody is kind of thinking that for Nebraska, we are going to be dealing with some bigger acres. You know, as you look at these numbers and you get a chance to kind of digest and post the 11 o'clock release, how do we react going into Monday's trade? Well, 
you know, I best thing to say is that I think we've already seen the reaction today in regard to what the numbers are for both the planted acreage and quarterly stocks. And now we're really going to be back to saying, you know what, what's the weather look like going forward here and what are the tariffs? So I think we've already got everything behind us from the two reports from this morning. And those are, of course, uh, two very um, popular and unpopular topics we've been looking at the last couple of weeks with the weather and the tariffs. They most definitely are, very much so. We also had uh, the quarterly stocks report that came out as well today, so kind of a double whammy for these grain markets. Corn, what does it mean when you look at these numbers? A little surprised by the corn number, actually. It came in at $5.3 billion. That was up $43 million from what the average trade guess. Going into the report, we were actually thinking that because of the strong cattle on feed numbers and the, and the strength we've seen in the production side on the pork, we thought we'd see actually a little bit lower numbers here on the stock side. But turns out either the crop last year is a little bit smaller or you, what you'll hear talk of, Susan, is you'll hear talk that maybe the feed demand uh, just wasn't quite there. And that's always a hard one to explain. I don't have an answer for that and, and how USDA comes up with that. But to put that in perspective, that'd be about 77 million bushels higher than where we would have been last year at this time. Moving on over to soybeans, we're up about 4 million bushels compared to the average trade guess, 1.22 billion bushels. That is 256 million bushels higher than what it would have been a year ago. And actually for soybeans, for the June report, this will be the largest amount of soybeans that we have had in history, and I think the data set that I was looking at went back to 1943. So since NASA has been keeping records, this will be the largest amount of soybeans that we've had at the national level in the June report. Can we blame that on a quieter trade opportunities, all the tariff discussions? What seems to be that we have that large of a number in stocks? Yeah. And, and a lot of it's just where our production was. You know, we knew we were going to have some a larger amount of stocks here. The thing that doesn't quite tell the whole story here is that if we were to put that in perspective with a amount of stocks compared to demand, it'd be by no means a, a record there. So that number's a little bit deceiving. But um, on the demand side, overall, surprisingly enough, though, we're seeing good crush demand still. And that's, that's holding up very well. And I think that's because of the strength we're seeing in the pork complex. And believe it or not, the export demand is still holding in there all right. As a matter of fact, when we take a look at the export demand side, we we think we're still on pace to go ahead and meet USDA's numbers. Even if we go ahead and take out, oh, there's about 170 million bushels between what is slated for China and what's sitting in the unknown category right now that uh, still could be canceled. All right, well, stick around, folks. We've got more of the Fontenelle Final Bell coming up after this on the Rural Radio Network. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. Jeff Peterson is joining us from Heartland Farm Partners. We kind of, Jeff, dove into a lot of factors affecting the grain trade of today. Let's talk a little bit more export numbers because that's where a lot of producers are really wondering what's going on and, and how they move forward, especially with all this outside world talk that's affecting the markets. Yeah, there is a lot of concern about that. The one area that we get the most questions on is on soybean exports. We had a chance to talk about old crop. On the new crop side, new crop exports look actually pretty good. Right now, 276 million bushels have already been sold for the 2018 crop year. But as we dig a little bit deeper into those numbers, I want us to all kind of understand what makes those 
goes up right now. It's not uncommon for us to have this amount. This is actually the highest amount of sales, though, we've had going back for the past four years. But made up within that number, there's about 83 million acre bushels that are non-China or non-unknown. So our risk here is that even though that number looks really good right now, our potential risk going forward would be if China does go ahead and start backing out of the market, this trade you know, discussion and war kind of ramps up, uh, we, we could see that number pull back. Now, our belief as we look forward down the road, though, we do think that there's going to be additional countries that's going to step up because right now the difference between Brazil and the U.S., uh, looking at it at the Gulf side, their basis level is about $1.20 higher than where we are right now. So we're very competitive on beans. That's going to open up a lot of other countries to step in and buy bushels, even if China isn't there for us. You look at these stock numbers um, and breaking it down to a Nebraska perspective, what are our producers going to be seeing? Yeah, and I think we've seen some of that in the basis levels. If you look around at what the basis has been, it's it's been really very strong on, on soybeans and also on the corn side, but let's talk about corn first. Right now, corn, as we compare the June 1st stocks compared to June 1st a year ago, stocks are down 25 million bushels. And the first thing we said is that, well, maybe that's because production was off. And as we dug into the numbers, what we found is that we're down 25 million on on the stocks, but yet our production was only off about 16 million. So what it says is the livestock industry, which is the lifeblood and a tremendous demand factor in Nebraska, it's doing exactly what it needs to do, and so is ethanol. So that's a very good sign for Nebraska. That isn't the case as I look at other states, though. You talk about the the feed demand, obviously makes us wonder as we move over to the livestock side, they watched as well, not only the quarterly stocks report, but this planning intentions report as well today. A decent day going on for the cattle market. It really was, and, and it was a little bit surprising, actually. I, you know, we, we saw corn sold off yesterday and then came back with some strength here today, and I thought, well, man, on the feeder cattle side, you know, we closed up, uh, oh, 450 on the August on the feeder cattle side, and, and on September, about 357. And you look at that and you go, well, with the market coming up like that, that was pretty surprising. But from what we're hearing, though, you know, there is some pretty good demand out there yet for these these cattle be, getting ready to be placed. So I, I think overall, as you look at the numbers, you'd have to say our export demand has been very good. The last numbers that I've looked at here on the beef side actually show we're up about 19% on the export side, and not only on the sales side, but the powerful part about it, the shipments are actually happening too. Now, that it doesn't necessarily mean these tariffs aren't going to cause us some problems on the beef side down the road, but it is probably not quite as big a deal as what we're concerned about on the pork side. And you talk about this pork side of the trade, Jeff, and I mean, nice to t- have some positives for today, but long term, there's a big bunch of hurdles these guys are going to have to get over. Yeah, there, there is. I, I think it's been positive to see the price action, you know, to have um, to have our hogs, nearby hogs back up, you know, pushing up close to 83.50, coming all the way from 78 has been a good sign, and we're on an uptrend here. But a few things, you know, we just had the you know, the inventory numbers and that it came out and, and really showed that we were up about 3.4% on overall herd. But the thing that got our attention was the fact that breeding stock was up 3.5%. And we know that there's been some additional 
um, harvest capacity out of the plants across the uh, Midwest. And what gets us a little bit concerned on the hog side is not so much, I think we've got a great group of individuals that are producing hogs out there, it gets to be the demand side, and in particular the tariffs. We know we've talked before in other conversations about Mexico, Mexican tariffs. One of our concerns becomes, you know, how will the Chinese situation factor into this? So I, even though we're seeing the market move up here, that's great. I think this potentially gives us some opportunities to, to manage price risk. And if there was one of the complexes, I'd say, on the protein side, on the meat side, that we really got to be careful and make sure we're managing the correct amount of risk, that's definitely on the hog side. And, of course, as it comes down to is really keeping that line of communication open with somebody who's helping you make those commodity decisions, like folks like you. Yeah, it, it helps. Uh, I think what we have is, there's, you know, the U.S. is blessed by so many wonderful producers. What is the best way for folks to reach you, Jeff, to talk more about these markets? Yeah, give me a call at uh, 402-366-4694. All right, that is the Fontenelle Final Bell as we wrap up another trade week right here on the Rural Radio Network. You're listening to the Rural Radio Network.